Cyber 24 is presented by our friends at Valcom. Valcom is a Utah-based IT solutions and services provider with a drive for getting IT right. From ironclad security to computing and beyond, Valcom's 35-plus years means they have the experience and the expertise to help your business from desktop to the data center. Check them out at vlcm.com. All right, welcome again to the Cyber24 podcast, the weekly pod dedicated to helping business and governmental leaders better understand the often intimidating topic of cybersecurity so you can make better decisions to keep your organization safe. My name is Marty Carpenter of 24-9. I work in strategic communication, public affairs, and government relations. And today we're talking about women in cybersecurity. Our guest is Lynn Doherty. She's with a company called Sumo Logic. Great conversation, really interesting. We talked, first of all, a little bit about her career and her climb up through the ladders as a woman in the tech field and in the cybersecurity space. Uh, we talk about what she's doing at Sumo Logic to help more women get involved in cybersecurity, her mentoring and workshop efforts. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, you know what they do at Sumo Logic and what her customers are saying when it comes to security issues with going to the cloud and where they're placing their bets. Great conversation uh, with Lynn, and I hope you enjoy it. All right, our guest today is Lynn Doherty from Sumo Logic. Lynn, thanks so much for being with us on the show today. Thank you for having me, Marty. Well, let's start here for our audience. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your professional background, and then if you would, tell us what we need to know about Sumo Logic. Absolutely. Uh, I actually started my career as an engineer. I was a math and computer science major and started my career as an engineer. And uh, through the years, I have moved from engineering roles to uh, pre-sales engineering into sales roles. And for about the last 20 or so years, I've led sales organizations at uh, huge companies like Cisco. And now for the last 10 months, I have been leading the go-to-market organization here at Sumo Logic. So tell us a little bit about Sumo then. Sumo Logic is uh, it's a fantastic company. It is uh, the only cloud native company to do both observability and security. And so uh, customers today, companies today are as they're moving to the cloud, as they're digitizing their applications, they have problems that they need to solve when they do that. First, they need to make sure that the applications that you and I interact with every day uh, are reliable, up and running, and that they have a good customer experience. Um, second, they need to protect uh, against modern threats as they as they move to the cloud. And so making sure that all of the data that, again, you and I provide and put into applications and that they uh, would store uh, is secure and that we feel confident in doing that. And then the last piece is... Uh, is making sure that our customers can gain insights into cloud infrastructures. And so that's been something as companies have moved to the cloud is how do they continue to have views into the infrastructure when it's not on-prem, when it's not what they control in their own environment. And Sumo Logic helps solve for all of those. Interesting. I'm really interested in your uh, your career path, especially today, as we're talking about women in technology, and I, I, it struck me as as I was thinking about the topic, uh, certainly not because we have tried to make it so, but I'll bet that the 
vast majority of our guests on this podcast have been men because that's who is in tech in a lot of times, especially in cybersecurity, that's the case. But it really doesn't need to be or shouldn't be a, a, a boys club. And I wonder what, you know, if that seems to be the case, um, maybe how, how did you find your place to advance in uh, advance your career in this field? And, and maybe what's some advice you have for women who are trying to, uh, you know, build a career in cybersecurity or in, in the tech space? I think your observation is absolutely accurate. Uh, it is it is a much more male dominated industry in in tech first, and then probably even more so in cybersecurity. So, uh, I think it's absolutely a fair observation. Um, you know, I my personal experience, yes, as an engineer, uh, I was a math and computer science major in college, and and very much had the experience of often being the only one. And that has continued through my career as I've as I've uh, worked in technology throughout. And being the only one in the room uh, is, is something, number one, that we need to fix, right? It shouldn't be that uh, a woman is the only one in the room. But I also think it's something, as I, I think back on my perspective on that, is you can either view that as something that is um, working against you or working toward you. And I have always tried to look at it as something that worked toward me is, is how do I stand out? How do I differentiate? How do I um, show up differently than other people and bring different perspective and different ideas and embrace that? And so uh, it's absolutely something we need to work on because the value of diversity, the ideas, the perspective, the creativity that having a diverse environment uh, brings and a diverse workforce brings is absolutely there. But um, while we're in that process, I, I think that's what I'd say is embracing being different, embracing the perspective that 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 you can bring when you are sometimes the only one in the room. Yeah. There is uh, a company based here in Utah where I'm recording from. Uh, and I've done some work with this company in the past. They they have this, they work in the education space or sort of an education tech company. And they have this rather sophisticated aptitude assessment that is now given to students in high school, primarily sometimes in junior high here in Utah. And it, it doesn't just do sort of a, what do you want to be when you grow up? What are your interests? But it looks at actual aptitudes. And it's really interesting, uh, the, the breakdown on it, because if you do an interest-based survey and ask boys and girls at that level, do you want to be, you know, what what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, you know, what field do you want to go into? Uh, it's like 55% of the, of the boys will have something related to a, a, a STEM field but only like 18% of the girls. But when you do uh -huh. an aptitude assessment, that's more like, how does your brain work? What would you actually be good at based on your natural aptitudes? It's about 55% of the girls who should be looking at STEM fields while about the same number of boys. So it sort of evens things out. I, I just find that a really interesting data point to say, it's not that women can't go succeed in these fields. It's that for some reason there's been, there's like less native interest and yeah. you went through, you know, your educational background aligns you with maybe that 18% from an interest survey and the 55% yeah. from an aptitude. I'm just wondering like what, what your reaction to something like uh, just a, a data point like that is that it seems like 
we don't have enough people across the board, either gender, working in cybersecurity. And and so no one should be, no one's in a position to be so picky that they can say, well, we want this to stay male dominated. We need everyone we can get. So it's really a matter of like finding people who have, helping them understand their natural aptitudes and make that align with what their interest is. Yeah, that's, it's a really interesting statistic. I'm not surprised by it. Um, but it's it's really interesting to see that even at an early age. And I think that's part of the solution for us is like, where do we go from here has to be around how do we influence uh, young girls at a much earlier age that that we um, support them, that we accelerate that interest, that we encourage the interest um, more so than we are today. Because mm-hmm. I think you hear a stat like that and it's not surprising at all. Um, I think it's work needs to be done on how do you encourage that? Another part of it though, I think is also showing role models for, Mm -hmm. for the next generation. And I think that's, that's part of our solution is we've got to highlight role models. We've got to, um, you know, show young girls what they can be and that there are, opportunities for them. And uh, when they look around, I think sometimes that's not happening today. And so I think that idea of how do we encourage young girls, but also give them examples and role models of what they can be so that when we ask them, what do you, what are you interested in doing? They have people that they can look at and say, I want to be like that. Mm-hmm. I understand that you've helped lead efforts at Sumo Logic with mentoring and and workshops. Can you give me some, maybe give our audience some ideas of uh, the types of things you've been able to do to to lead important initiatives like this? I think there's a lot that we are doing and and a lot that we still need to do and need to continue to do. Um, so first, I'd say there are big raise awareness type initiatives. There are things like uh, doing events on International Women's Day. There are, uh, you know, trainings, conversations, speakers, panels that happen. And and I think if you, uh, you know, look online anywhere and, and even just browse LinkedIn and, and your feeds, you probably see a fair bit of that that is done and out there. Um, so I think there's an aspect of it that is awareness in the big stage. And it's, that awareness is not just for women, it's for the allies of women, because we're not going to solve the problem by just solving it with a minority. We've got to include everybody and have everybody with this as something that they care about. Where I've put a lot of focus is on this idea of the power of one. And that is around uh, mentoring and sponsoring individuals, because I think it's not enough for us to just do Uh, events and panels and discussions and things that are on a big stage, how we really make an impact is, is identifying individuals that we mentor, that we sponsor and that we help accelerate their career and and really champion people when they're not in the room and uh, give them confidence that maybe they don't have on their own. And if we want to make it different, we all have to roll up our sleeves and embrace that power of one. What one person am I going to help? What one person am I going to champion? And if we did that, we'd make a huge difference. And I think that's a different level of 
engagement and commitment than it is saying I attended an event. I helped sponsor an event. I was on a panel, right? It, it makes it so much more personal. And I think that's where I've put a lot of focus in the past few years is, is how do I have that power of one and encourage people around me to do the same. Recent events have fundamentally changed the way we work. It's created new challenges for keeping employees connected, productive from home, and safe when they return to the office. To help bring organizations into this new normal of work, Aruba Networks has developed an AI-driven, intelligent cloud-managed networking platform that can help your business with secure business class connectivity at home, staff safety management, and flexible financing options. With Aruba, you can have a safe and productive workplace for your employees. Learn more about Aruba's hybrid workplace-powered solutions with Valcom by visiting vlcm.com edge. That's vlcm.com edge. In an environment where IT staff struggles to keep up, most small to medium-sized businesses find themselves forced to react to security alerts rather than to proactively and preemptively manage threats and address potential vulnerabilities. HPE stands ready to help SMBs make the all-important switch from reactive, static, and siloed security tools and techniques to intelligent, adaptive security platforms that span the digital world. HPE's security solutions allow SMBs to close existing security gaps with coverage at the edge, in the cloud, and on-premises all under a consistent and coherent security umbrella. Learn more about what HPE can do for SMBs by visiting vlcm.com HPE. That's vlcm.com HPE. A survey was just released stating that 80% of organizations have, uh, have had a cloud incident in the last year. And we hear a lot about um, Zoom, Okta. I don't know if I'm saying that right. That's how I always say it when I read it. Uh, yeah. What are your customers saying? Does it pay to go to the cloud with the security issues that we hear about? I Absolutely. Yes, it pays to go to the cloud. I think if you look at the perspective that companies had, uh, and when I would talk to customers, you know, 10, sometimes even five years ago, this perspective on the cloud was you can't go to the cloud because it's not secure. Uh, I think that has changed dramatically in the past, you know, five to 10 years, even that you see even the most uh, critical systems like banking applications, like healthcare applications that have moved to cloud infrastructure because without cloud infrastructure, they can't scale, they can't innovate, they can't capitalize on the best of the best technology. They can't move fast enough to meet the requirements that their customers are having. So I think the idea that you can't move to the cloud, you have to stay on-prem in order to be secure is one that has been proven to be false. I think the add-on that I have, though, is that you have to make security a priority even that much more when you are moving to the cloud because there are things that you don't have the same visibility on perhaps if you're in a cloud or don't have the same uh, metrics and data and control of in a cloud environment. And so uh, as opposed to building it on-prem where you own those four walls in a lot of ways, uh, when somebody else owns the four walls when you are in the cloud, 
making sure that there's the visibility and the security has to be built in from the start because it's not assumed. And so I think, you know, what I hear from customers is, yeah, there are lots of cloud incidents out there and there are big companies and small companies alike and uh, brand names that you see and hear every day. But I think the option can't be let's retreat and say we're not going to move to the cloud. I think that that's a conclusion that we have to accept and embrace that that's how how companies get differentiation and, and faster application development. And so I think it's how do you make it a priority on the security piece? How do you when you're doing that, how do you put the security how do you invest the budget? How do you make it an executive conversation uh, and a board conversation so that when you're doing it, as you're doing it, you have more confidence in the security? So is the executive leading the go-to-market strategy at Sumo Logic? Can you share with our audience uh, where your security customers are placing their bets right now? Absolutely. Uh, I'd say first is this securing against modern threats and those threats are at, out there. There are bad actors, whether that's individuals who are just doing it sort of for sport and for fun, um, which sometimes you see some of the breaches that happen are, are in that capacity. Uh, sometimes they are, you know, paid bad actors. Sometimes they're nation state attacks. So the attacks are from all over the place. How do you, secure against the modern threats that are out there that is constantly evolving. And so I think that's thing number one is everybody's looking to make sure that the baseline of security is there because without the expectation of security, they can't do all of the other things that they need to do to innovate in their business. Um, The second thing I think people are trying to do is, is respond more quickly. So when something does happen, because I think everybody kind of has moved to this mindset of it's not if it's when in their environment and how do they respond more quickly? How do they investigate faster? How do they orchestrate more? How do they make decisions better to be more efficient? Um, And I think that's one that is a really important one for, for all of our customers. Um, and then I think there's a third thing around simplicity. Um, how do they build something more simple? And, and you know, we're linking this to the conversation of, of women in cybersecurity, but cybersecurity talent as a whole is lacking and there aren't the people there to do the job. So what you need to do if you're an organization is simplify how you do it so that you need less talent or less uh, deep talent to do it. You can't have everybody be a cybersecurity expert with 30 years experience. You're going to have to have an organization that you're bringing people in uh, and a balance of of experience in the organization. And so I think everybody's looking to uh, continue to simplify so that they can respond to the fact that the talent just isn't there. Yeah. That point about the talent not being there, it's it's interesting because you wonder how long does it take a market uh to realize? Like if you're if you're in uh if you're studying a STEM field in college right now, or if you're thinking about going into some kind of tech field, 
it seems like you'd want to look and say two things. Where can I A, make the most money probably or have the job that I want? Uh, whatever you determine, whatever you define as success for yourself. <clears throat> but two would be, you know, where can I find a non-crowded space? And it just seems like at some point, enough people in tech are going to realize, hey, there might be a lot of competition to go code here or there, this company, this big company. But cybersecurity, if I get into that, I can make pretty good money, have a really good career accelerated because there's yeah. a vacuum there. There's not enough people. Do you think that that's eventually, I mean, does it, that has to be the thing that eventually happens, right? I, you know, it's a good question. I, I would think so, right? It seems like it's a supply demand equation and that when the demand is there that you'd see people moving to that. Um, but I think there is maybe there are things that are less known, less uh, obvious, less examples, less role models, less programs in colleges and universities. And I think that it needs to get solved on a lot of fronts, but I think you're probably right on in that, in that theory that at some point people are going to go to where the demand is and, and respond to that. Yeah. Uh, we'll uh, wrap up with this for our audience that wants to know more about Sumo Logic. Uh, where can we find more information about Sumo or where can we find you online where we can follow for more great insight from you? Yeah. So uh, you can go to sumologic.com to get lots of information about uh, the company, our products, and how we help customers. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter on Lynn underscore Doherty. And uh, I'm also on LinkedIn. So I uh, would love to have more continued conversations. Awesome. Uh, Lynn Doherty from Sumo Logic, thanks so much for your time today and your uh, willingness to share your expertise and insight with our audience. Thank you for having me. That'll do it for this episode. I want to thank our sponsors at Valcom. At Valcom, you get much more than a dedicated IT retailer. They become an extension of your IT team. Whether you're a startup or an enterprise, Valcom has the technical sales and engineering expertise to make your business more effective and more productive. Check them out at vlcm.com. That's vlcm.com. Special thanks as well to our supporting partners, the Utah Division of Technology Services, the Kem C. Gardner Policy Institute, the Utah Attorney General's Office, the Utah Department of Public Safety, and our friends at Secuvant. A reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at Cyber24 underscore, or you can hit us up on Facebook as well. We want to hear from you in either place to let us know what you think, or if you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on a future episode. You can also rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. We love those five-star ratings. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week and stay safe online.